On this episode of the podcast, we will be discussing everything 1792. We'll go through the history of the distillery, current news, and of course, our personal favorite aspect of the show, the bourbon tastings. And of course, with me as always is my intrepid and brilliant co-host, Andy Kleshik. Andy, how you doing this week? Uh, I mean, I can't complain this week at all. Nothing, you know, everything's been going good for me. So love I got to, nothing. Love to hear it. Love how to about hear you? It. Things are going well. Um, I've I've been working a new job recently, and, and and the profession there is going well. I'm really things are really starting to click. So I'm hoping to make uh, some great money here in the next <laughs> uh, you know year or so. That's uh, be- good. Before we get started, everyone, we are going to of course pour ourselves and a glass of 1792. Um, I recommend you all pour uh, one as well uh, while we um, you know because you know Alyssa, while you're listening along here, um, Andy's going to go ahead and pour us a couple glasses here. Um, you don't have to pour 1792, of course, but make sure you pour some kind of bourbon. Make sure you're you're drinking along, listening along as we go through this. Um, yeah, so oh, here we go. You, yeah. yeah, pour yourself a little. You need a little more than that, of course. Yeah. Here you go. Cheers, sir. Cheers. So what do you? Salud. What do you? Yeah. What are you planning to do with all that money <laughs> once you have it all come in? Mm, good stuff. 1792. Um. Well, I just bought this new house with, uh, <laughs> with my girlfriend. It's obviously pricey, but taking up a lot of your money, but it's going to take up a lot. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, I've been pretty car obsessed. I have, I have a car that's 10 years old. Um, not, you know, pretty slick looking, but nothing, nothing special at all, especially since it's 10 years old at this point. So I mean, not too bad. It's a good old Toyota. Right. Not bad. Yeah. It's, uh, it's never going to just crap out on me, which is good, but it's not uh, a super, super nice car or anything like that. Uh, but I've just been kind of just going back and forth between Beamers and and, and Audis lately. Don't don't know what to do. I'm I'm really eyeing the I'm really eyeing the BMW i4, which is kind of their comp- their competitor. BMW's competitor to the Tesla three Model three, um, kind of like that you know not that not a crazy expensive uh, all electric car there at that like mid luxury. Uh, range. I've been I've been really eyeing that. The uh, the BMW 4 Series uh, Coupe is kind of the the one that I'm into the most right now. Uh, I always go back and forth between that and the A5, uh, the A5 Coupe, and then the A4. Uh, Check out the S5 too now. That yeah. that's actually four door now. I would have to. Oh, is it really four door? Uh, I saw one earlier today, and oh, it was wow. uh, looked good. I mean, it was a four door. Yeah. So I've been just kind of on the websites a lot lately, just kind of comparing and contrasting and. Honestly, man, I go back and forth. Like one day, it's like I'm gonna get an Audi, you know, here in the next like nine months or so, and the other one, I'm gonna like I'm gonna get uh, I'm gonna get a I'm gonna get a BMW. You just never know. So, but uh, you know, I'm looking probably summer is what it was what I'm probably gonna the <clears throat> next summer is when I really wanna uh, make that uh, that purchase. So, um, got plenty of time to figure it out. Yeah. But I'm I'm a little obsessed right now. Absolutely. <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah. And then of course I'm just. Trying to figure, constantly trying to figure out which expensive bourbons, which expensive scotches yeah. I'm going to add to my collection. So those are pretty much all. That, that's it. If as long as I can buy some nice bourbons, some nice scotches, as long as I can eventually buy this car in the in you know what will be eventually the near future, uh, I'm going to be a happy camper. Gonna, that's kind yeah. of what I'm really aiming for right now. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. As long as you can do both of those, you're going to be happy. So, isn't that what it's all about, Andy? To, isn't that what all why we go to work to make some money so we can buy nice bourbons, buy a nice car, and take care of our families? I'd say so. Right. Yeah. Well, I, is there anything about your week you want to jump into? I've uh, been talking about 
these awesome vehicles I'm hoping to buy. Soon. Nothing. I mean, I'm I'm kind of I'm contemplating um, going into the car market again. I'm I have a much newer car than you do. Mine's only about a four and a half five year old car. Okay. Um. So, but you know, still contemplating, even though it's that much. I mean, I've put on about sixty thousand miles, so gotta contemplate it. You know. Right. Yeah. So I'm about about sixty five with a ten year car. Yeah. Yeah. It's not I haven't really run the miles up at all. Yeah. Granted though, that's a lot there's a lot of those miles driving between Indianapolis and here of in course, previous years. I'm sure, yeah. Um, but to visit family. But, you know, kind of contemplating it off and on. So basically you're saying your family should buy you a new car because you they put so many miles on your I'm not saying that outright. Um, <laughs> they're helping with other stuff, so Of course. I'm just messing. All right, guys, let's go ahead and jump right into the show. Andy, why don't you tell the good folks of the world and America out there everything they need to know about 1792? Yeah, so uh, this is a brand, another older brand. They're not really, they're not continuously operating. Um, I'm just going to say that based on the year they were founded. They were originally founded in 1879 under the uh, Barton Distillery. Uh, what is now the Barton 1792 Distillery. Um, in Bardstown, Kentucky, right? Bardstown area, Kentucky, yeah, okay. I want to say that. Um, that that distillery is probably famous for this brand, 1792, and then uh, very old Barton as well, which is honestly, side note to this podcast, um, probably my favorite sub-$15 a bottle um, bourbon ever. That I've had the chance to taste. Uh, I mean, it literally is so good, and I can find it in the Cincinnati area for like nine bucks, ten bucks, maybe gotcha. something like that. So it's good. But Look, those are the two big products they distill there. Looks like the Barton Seventeen Ninety Two Distillery um, is in like you like you said. It's in that. It's not. It's kind of in that general area of Bardstown, Kentucky. Uh, it's about looks like maybe 30, 40 minutes south of Louisville. I, I think so. Yeah. If I remember correctly, about that far. Um, the name, of course, comes from the year that Kentucky became a state. It's about 53 minutes, looks like. Okay. Yeah, it's not that bad of a drive. No. From there. But it is one of the more southern, I feel like, of the of the big major Kentucky distilleries. Yeah. yeah, I think that's... Bardstown is about the farthest south you're going to find any of the major uh, bourbon distilleries in Kentucky. Um, pretty much everything else is right around Claremont, Louisville, or um, Lexington, Frankfurt area. But uh, like I was saying, they were uh, the name comes from the year that Kentucky became a state, and they just when they were founded, um, and now that they're kind of reinvented um, under being owned under Sazerac Company ownership, um, they just wanted to sit there and kind of honor that fact for a distillery um and they've had a few other names like the ridgemont reserve 1792 uh, which actually kind of similar to what um bullet was last week that we were discussing they've actually had lawsuits over the name um that name and this is the reason that they're now just 1792 bourbon um because when they were ridgemont i think it was ridgemont reserve 1792 uh, brown foreman who as i'm sure many bourbon aficionados know is the uh parent company for uh woodford reserve actually sued them over that name in 
use of that because they alleged that it was too close to basically too close to Woodford Reserve's name. Hmm. And so, as I understand it at least, and so they sued him over that and they just decided, you know what? Fine. We'll change the name. We're just going to change it to 1792. So they did that. Um, And this is kind of the Barton 1792 Sazerac. One of their many different uh, lines, similar to kind of what Jim Beam and Beam Suntory does with their small batch lines. Um, This is a small batch product. Um, Their standard product, which is what we're drinking today, is just their standard 1792 small batch. And they only have small small batch bourbons. They don't have a like a true blended bourbon or anything like that, that I know of at least. Like the blend, um, the blended is kind of like the very old Barton hmm. one. This is kind of their higher premium line that they offer there. Um, so they kind of try, and it was one of the first ones, as I understand it, I think to really bring about, bring that about post Jim Beam and Beam some Tory bringing out their line. Of small batch bourbons like Booker's, um, Knob Creek, all that. It was something that they kind of wanted to bring out as a competitor to that for the Sazerac company. Gotcha. Um, it's something that they're, I, I think, really, Sazerac's owned them, I want to say, since around 08, 09, if I remember correctly. Um, and that was really when, when I think. The 1792 brand really kind of came back into the full-fledged what it is today. Um, and what they sat there and became such a sought-after product um, on the market. It's something that, again, fairly standard, fairly cheap price. Uh, here, in, here in Cincinnati, northern Kentucky area, it's like a $30 bottle for a 750 milliliter bottle so not too expensive um relatively high rye or it's a, it's kind of a higher rye content but what is, still what is the rye uh the rye is about 18 okay. percent. it's what seven, is it with standard bourbons standard bourbons that i've been able to find are around 10 percent to 20 percent rye gotcha um but this one it the rye makes up 18 percent of the mash bill um, the rest is made up of 8% malted barley and 70% corn. So that's fairly, I would say, at least of all the ones that I normally uh, drink and can find, that's a fairly standard mash bill for all bourbons, roughly speaking at least. Uh, it's bottled at about 93.794 proof. So about 46 to 47% alcohol by volume uh, there. So it's a bit, it's bit higher proof. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty strong one. Yeah, yeah. I, I, no, it's I ninety three point seven. That's definitely one of the higher ones. Yeah. Not that uh, there's anything wrong with that, of course. No, definitely, definitely not. Uh, if you do it right, there's nothing wrong with strong proofage in a bourbon, and a whiskey as a whole. I would say. Yeah. Um. Like I was saying, the small batch, at least as I've been able to find, is I think their standard product that 1792 offers other than the very old bartons um the rest that they offer are a uh, sweet wheat product 
a uh, 1792 aged 12 years, and then a bottled and bond, as well as another high rye, foolproof, single barrel, and port finished uh, bourbons. So they kind of complement all across the line, trying to offer very high-end bourbons that are relatively affordably priced. And I think they're all about an eight-year-old bourbon. Uh, I know, at least on the 1792 small batch, they used to have it small batched, aged eight years. Yeah. Um, And they removed the eight years from the label. Yeah, yeah. They removed that around early 2000s, I think. Do you think it's still actually an eight-year bourbon? Why did they remove that? I, I don't know officially why they removed it. I think it was probably because they could not continue to maintain that at the time that they removed it yeah but i have not heard anything i have not heard seen anything to the contrary to say that it is not still an eight year Hmm. old bourbon definitely seems a little fishy though It, it it seems fishy that you would remove that but that's something that like a lot of brands like if they um kind of as we mentioned with knob creek like if you can't meet necessarily that demand to always have a certain age statement bourbon. Like, let's say you have, um, like, let's say you have an age statement eight years or 10 years and you can't continue to always meet that. You might remove that age statement just to be able to make it a younger whiskey to fill up some of your reserves to then put the age statement back on there. Right, uh, right. But they haven't put it back on yet. Not yet, no. You're, you're definitely right in that, John. Um, it's something that they haven't put that on so I don't have definitive proof that it's still an 8 year right but I haven't heard anything to the contrary that it isn't still an 8 year and they just yeah. elected to remove the age statement for sake of holding themselves to that definitely interesting uh it still has high quality taste though so I'm not too concerned about it but it's no. definitely something that it catches my eye for sure yeah i mean age statements will always catch anybody's eye um, and the lack thereof yeah exactly you're exactly right there um, it, it, you know, it's definitely something too with it that I, I, I think regardless of how old it is, I think they've matured it and distilled it to exact perfection. All right. I, I don't, I don't think it matters how old it is. Well then there you go. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that's kind of, um, a brief history on what they are as a brand, um, I think it's a relatively younger brand mm-hmm. as far as premiums go, premium brands go from the Barton um, distillery there. I think they, you know, like I was saying, I think a lot of their stuff is primarily done with very old Bartons, uh, which is, I think, the standard offering from Barton 1792 and Sazerac's ownership of them. And then they have a few other sister brands there with Barton's, but these are the two um, big brands that they offer. Gotcha. And for the for the prices as I've had it, I mean thirty bucks here in the Cincinnati, northern Kentucky area, I would definitely say seventeen ninety two small match, well worth the price. So worth it. If you can find it at all, buy it. Gotcha. Sounds good to me. Uh, is that is it that time of the week, Andy? Time to I, jump on into the tastings? I think it's that time of the podcast, yeah. All right, folks, let's do it. Go ahead, everyone out there, pour yourself a glass of the 1792 bourbon and uh, go go ahead and uh, join, us, uh, join along uh, with us in the tasting of 1792. 
All right, folks, now that everyone has their 1792 uh, small batch or bourbon, whatever you want to call it, the one, the main one there clocking in at 93.7 proof, let's go ahead and go through our tasting process here. Let's start off with the nose. Mm, that's, a, that's a nice smell. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I, th- I think... Um, You're getting a lot of vanilla off of it. You get a little bit of vanilla off of it. Um, I definitely get, like, a vanilla there. I get a, a lot of the oak for me. I definitely get, like, a very nutty note mm-hmm. off of it, too, for me. I get a, I get a vanilla caramel, caramel swirl. That's what I get. I'm not, no- I'm not noticing a lot of the spice that a lot of people would bring up, I think, in the smell. To me, it's a very smooth vanilla caramely uh, uh, nose there. Let's start mm-hmm. with the, let's let's move on to the taste here. Yeah. I get some vanilla off the taste there right off the bat, but a lot of spice, a lot more spice than I noticed in the nose. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with you there. Um, a lot spicier on the palate than on the nose. Uh, I'm still very much getting a nutty flavor from it, personally. Just, yeah, I, I can see how you come across that. I, I get a little bit of it. It's not super it, strong with me, but... It's almost like... It kind of almost, to me, tastes like if you... Like, I don't know if you ever had these, but like if you've ever had like those candied like walnuts or like candied peanuts or anything like that. I have not. Um, it kind of remember reminds me of like a candied nut where like you just rat like do it in sugar like the bavarian nuts mm. if anybody's heard of if any of our yeah, listeners yeah. have heard of those um like if you did those and then maybe drizzle a little bit of like caramel or vanilla or honey or something like that over them definitely okay, like that's get, what it I, reminds me I get of very that nuttiness much that you're talking about i think it's definitely one of the more chewy bourbons that we've uh, reviewed so far oh definitely um very chewy but it, i think also I, I really actually like that a lot in, in a bourbon and it's one of the few that I've actually really noticed that come out, uh, and I really do appreciate that distinction a lot because you yeah. don't get that a lot very often. No, it's really going to kind of stay with you in a, for a while, but in a very good way. Yeah, this. I mean, I think this is definitely one of those ones that that kind of metaphorical Kentucky hug that they talk about with some bourbons. To me, comes out a little bit more there. Absolutely, it it is it, just it's so. It's rich. It's complex. Um, there's just there's, there's a lot of flavors to break down and process for me there. That just combine to something that, at the price point, knocks that out of the park. Right. I totally agree. I think that uh, pretty much does it for us, folks. Go over. The, I think that's uh, unless you have any final thoughts, Andy. I know you've. Pre- I think you've pretty much made yourself clear on yeah. this. Your, 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 yeah. Your, uh, I, feelings I, on seventeen ninety two. Yeah, here. I would. The only thing I'd say is, for the price, if you can sit there and you can buy it, get a bottle of the seventeen ninety two small batch. If you can find any of their other ones that we were talking about earlier, definitely trying to get your hands on those. But it is a product that is well worth the price. It knocks it out of the park. 
Absolutely. All right, folks, that's it from us here this week. Make sure you go over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Distilled Discussion is available everywhere. Uh, make sure you go to those platforms to subscribe, leave a review, listen to every episode of Distilled Discussions. Give us your feedback. Share it with your friends. Tell the world about us. Uh, we're not stopping anytime soon. It's going to, you know, we've got some big aspirations here, and you guys are a big part of that. Go over to our Facebook page, at Distilled Discussions. Go over to our Instagram page, at Distilled underscore Discussions. Check out all of our content. we got a lot of stuff coming your way. Got a big episode coming next week that we're very, very excited about. So excited for. Absolutely. So we hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week. Pour yourself another whiskey. You absolutely deserve it, America. And don't worry. We'll be here to drink with you next week.